It's been 65 days since the final day of last season. Only 16 days since the Euros final and 67 days since our last podcast. So those numbers can only mean one thing. It's the start of the new FBL season on the bird's eye view. Yeah, what a feeling! What a feeling to be back, uh, Jack. What just what's going through your mind? You know, after the summer break. Oh, do you know what? I've absolutely missed FPL. I don't know why. It's a cool mistress, but I'm so buzzed to be on the the downward straight, ready to start a new season. If I was to sum up where my head's at going, in, but I'd used is ready. <laughs> and Robbie. Well, I've, I've been tinkering around with my team basically every day for the last month. I cannot wait for the season to get started. There's a lot of options to look at this year. There's so there's sort of stuff all over the place that I have no idea how the season's going to go. There's so many good options to look at this season. It's going to be a very, very exciting year. Okay. Excellent. Cannot agree more. So for those of you new to the bird's eye view, we're going to just introduce ourselves very quickly. So Jack, tell us a bit about yourself and your fantasy football game. Hello, everyone. Yes. Yeah, so my game is a bit like a dog chasing its own tail. I probably chase hits a bit too much. I'm probably quite emotive in t- in sometimes with my with my picks. Uh, I've only been playing properly for the last three seasons. <laughs> um, prior to that, between 2013 and 2018, I was hardly, I picked a team and then didn't look at it. But for the last three years, I've been um, slowly getting better and better. My scores went from 2,121, then I gained about 100 to 2,269, <laughs> then I gained another 100 to 2,000. I have been making moves. And this last season, I finally won a trophy. And I come into this season as the only one of the three of us to have a trophy. Unbelievable. How, how did I know? How did I know that you were going to mention a Mickey Mouse trophy? <laughs> anyway, Robbie. Yeah, so I've been playing football, uh, fantasy football since the 2010-11 season. Um, in that time, I've sort of, I started off a bit slow, but since the 2016-17 season, I've certainly been pretty consistently up in, near, in and around the top 100,000 most seasons. Uh, my highest ever rank was 42,341. And last season, it was 93,562. I have become notorious, um, unfortunately, in our fantasy football group. A bit of a bottle job when it comes to the end of the season because I end up up leading our league titles for about 30 of the 38 weeks. And then it just all goes to pot in the final eight. So that's what I'm... I just need to get over that final hurdle this season. I'm always the bridesmaid, never the bride. So I think it's it's, got to be my turn soon enough. So that's more or less my history. Who are you then, Birdman? Well, this is going to be my 13th season playing fantasy football. So it's fair to say that I've been through the lot, all the highs, all the lows, the trophies, the the painful seasons. But that's what makes fantasy football what it is. I also I work in sports analysis on the Tennis World Tour. And uh, last season, I made the top 1% of worldwide FPL players and scored more points than anyone on this podcast. Um <laughs> 
on top of that, uh, us three, we've known each other for over 17 years now. So it's fair to say that we are not afraid to speak our mind on this podcast, <laughs> which is what it's all about. So with all those, with the three of us, with the lineup, I feel like we are in a good stead to give you some quality content and some hopefully some smiles and laughters on the way. So for our first podcast, the, the schedule of the day is we're going to preview every single Premier League team and their fancy football prospects, their standouts, their fixtures for the start of the season, their raspberry ripple potential. We talk a lot on this podcast about um, ice cream flavours representing our fancy football choices. Um, mm. Robbie, lots of the time, likes to be vanilla, chooses the obvious option. Well, we're going to... Oh, come on. Here we go. Here we go. It starts again. And anyway, the raspberry ripple potential, we're going to go through those that, you know, going off the beaten track, not the obvious choices that may be able to get you some gold, gold, gold dust differentials. And then we're going to give each team a bird's eye view, fancy football rating out of 10. So there's your little intros. Let's start with... The 2021-2022 fancy football season. Throwing it over to Jack Reed with Arsenal, his standouts, Raspberry Ripple, fixtures and ratings. Thank you very much, Birdman. So, yes, yeah, starting with Arsenal, it's usually the only time that they're top of the league is before any games have been played. <laughs> um, with that in mind, looking at standouts, it's, it's hard with Arsenal because I'm trying to separate like the safe picks, but I, I don't believe there is such a thing as a safe pick when it comes to Arsenal. So it's a standout slash Raspberry Ripple. And what I've gone for is Pepe. Um, Pepe at 7.5 million and 3.6% selected. Uh, he ended the season, uh, well, Arsenal as a whole ended the season with five straight wins. And he actually played in four of those five games. Um, and I believe he got five goals during those four games. So that's obviously a fantastic return rate. And he started to be on more and more set pieces. Last season, he, got, he played 29, got 10 and got one assist. So I'd be expecting another double-figure season for Pepe. And at 7.5 million, I think he could be a really strong pick. Um, but for Raspberry Ripple, which is I know what you listeners really want, how are you going to gain on people? Well, I'm going to also bring to you, even though he's double-owned and um, more than double-owned than Pepe, I'm going to bring Emil Smith-Rowe, who is 7.1% owned and 5.5 million now, Smith-Rowe's got a new contract, he's got a new shirt number, and it looks like he's going to be starting behind that striker week in, week out for Arsenal. And on the surface of things, when it comes to Smith-Rowe, you might think, mm, two goals, four assists, not ideal. But you know me, Jack Rand-Statman looks deeper than that. And actually, what I saw that he played, of their last seven games, he played 60-plus minutes in six of them. But even more interestingly, in three of those final games, he played attacking midfield and scored two goals in those games, including one goal against Chelsea. So maybe at 5.5 million, if Arsenal start playing quite well, he could be a great option. They've got 
Uh, a tricky start. They go away. They're the first game up of the season. They're away to Brentford, which is not going to be nice. That Brentford stadium is going to be bouncing. And then they follow that up with games versus Chelsea and Man City. So I'd maybe say hold off, but definitely keep an eye on Pepe and Smith Rowe. Robbie? Thank you, Jack. Um, so I've got Aston Villa. Um, in terms of the standouts, I think there's, there's a lot of choice in Aston Villa. Um, Emmy Martinez, Grealish, Ollie Watkins are all very good um, potential in fantasy football this season. The one I'm going for is going to be Emmy Buendia um, as the standout. I just think his price puts him slightly ahead of Jack Grealish. I think 8.8 million is sorry, 8.0 million is a little bit much for Grealish personally. Um, hence why I've gone Buendia at 6.5. He got 15 goals and 16 assists in the championship. And I think it, he's worth the gamble um, for that sort of price. Um, Emi Martinez, I, the reason I didn't choose Emi Martinez is because of Villa's defensive form from February onwards. They kept four clean sheets from the 1st of February. And to put that in perspective, someone... Um, Leeds, who you'd probably consider a sort of like a similar level to Aston Villa, um, but are famously not very good at keeping clean sheets, managed to keep six in that time. So it's at 5.5 million, that's why I didn't choose Emi Martinez. I think he's too expensive, given Aston Villa's sort of tail off towards the end of the season defensively. Having said that, my Raspberry Ripple is a defender from Aston Villa. Um, it's Matty Target, 9.8 ownership. Last season, he got 134 points. Um, and I think he would cover that Emmy Martinez defensive route for a much cheaper price. So I think he'd be, if you want a little bit of Raspberry Ripple in your team, he's your boy. Um, Aston Villa do have some very good fixes to start the season. They've got Watford, Newcastle, Brentford as the first three. So you'd like to think that um, they, they'd get off to a good start there. But then it does become quite tricky with Chelsea, Everton, Man United, Tottenham. Um, the next three. So I think get them in for the first three games, but then you might be looking at other teams afterwards. Um, in terms of bird's eye view rating, I'm going to give them a seven out of 10, personally, because I think there's some good value in these picks, but their fixtures do drop it down a little bit. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Robbie. I do think one thing with Grealish, you guys know that um, I don't think he's a goal scorer. Uh, he likes mm. to lay on, lay it on for someone else. He doesn't take set pieces. Therefore, I think Jack Grealish at eight million is a rip-off, and mm -hmm. I will not be going near him. He, he will get a lot of assists. He might even assist the assist, but in terms of goal-scoring midfielders, which is what I'm all about, at eight million, don't go near Jack Grealish. He's got a bad first name as well. Um, <laughs> so moving bro. on, moving on, we're going to the first of the promoted clubs. Their first season in the Premier League. It is. Brentford, last season, they scored the most goals in the championship and the record breaker, their standout man, of course, is Ivan Tony. He is uh, 6.5 million on fantasy football, uh, currently 33% only. He got, he got last season, got a record breaking 33 goals and as well as that, 10 assists. Uh, now, Brentford's early fixtures, they've got Arsenal, Palace, Villa, Brighton and Wolves. None of those fixtures scare me at all. They're fresh into the Premier League. And therefore, I think he is definitely the man to go for at that price. There aren't a lot of better options out there. 
If you want your raspberry ripple, because we, we enjoy that lovely taste. Um, and then I'm going to give you four options from Brentford, actually, because they've, they've got Ooh. a lot. Yeah, four, because there's a lot of cheap players in Brentford, as they are their first season in the Premier League. Got Mbwemo, who scored last night against Manchester United in the pre-season friendly. 5.5 million. Very attacking winger, sometimes plays up front. And then you've got on the other wing, you've got Sergi Canos, who's got the potential to be a real classy Classy Premier League player, sort of like a Rafinha from Leeds type. Um, the other two, their advanced playmaker Norgard at five million is very cheap. Personally, the only defender I'd consider is their new signing, Christopher Ayer, 4.5 million. But Brentford are known for their goals and not for their defensive prospects. So, overall, first season in the Premier League, attractive football, attacking football. Ivan Tony, good fixtures. They out of ten third side rating. Back to you, Jack. Marvelous. Thank you very much. Now we're up to the Seagulls, Brighton. Um, they are quite an interesting team. I think until a few days ago, their people's defenses were packed, filled with Brighton goalkeepers or defense. However, we've now got the news that. Lamptey isn't going to be fit for the start of the season. Dunk is out following surgery. And Ben White is obviously currently having a medical with Arsenal ahead of a 50 million move. This therefore means that three of Brighton starting back five or six are not going to be starting the season. And therefore, this means that we've got to look a bit deeper, potentially, than, than the defenders. Um, with that in mind, I, you boys, you're not going to... Enjoy my shout, potentially, but in my opinion, it's one of the most important positions in fantasy football. It's a third sub spot, if I'm honest. Um, and what I have for you, yeah, yeah, he's not going to grab the headlines for you. You know, he's not going to shoot you up the league as such. He's not flashy, but nevertheless, he's important. And for me, I got Basuma. I've kept Basuma and I will keep Basuma for that entire season as far as I'm concerned. Because for me, he's a Volvo, you know? He's reliable, he's sturdy, and he, and he gets the job done. I can, I can go about my weekend and just know that there's a man sat on my bench getting one or two points regardless of what will be coming in if needs be. And what this means for you fantasy football lovers out there you spend a little bit of money on the Volvo and then you can focus all your money and your attention on the Ferraris and Aston Martins of the world. And as far as I'm aware, I believe 15 or so percent of the millions of managers worldwide agree with me that Basuma is a standout shout. Oh, no, I can't. I, can't I, I have to come in here. So you're saying the man who got one goal, no assists last season is a standout player for Brighton Hove Hour. And you're happy to have a player that's going to get you a maximum yeah. of three a maximum of three points. Oh, he might come off my bench. Wouldn't hey. that be wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that I be take really an issue wonderful? With, I wouldn't I that put a smile on my some... face on a Sunday morning when Pet Roulette means Bisuma, my standout Brighton player is going to come on off the bench. Do you know what, Jack? If all of my players got two points, I'd get 22 points a week. Is that what you want in your team, Jack? Is that really what you want? <laughs> hey, he's the Volvo of the world and he frees up Levels. the funds to go. 
Hey, at the end of the day, mate, you know, it's between him and it's between Billy Gilmore at Norwich. Tell me Basuma is not going to be in your team in game week one or not on your bench in game week one. I'm and telling I've you, got... Basuma will not be in my team or on my bench on game week one. But I take yeah, an issue with something else either. you said. Listeners, listen back. Birdie said um, he's a standout, a standout player. No, he's not a standout player. He is the standout player. <laughs> I'm going to stay on this hill, Birdman. Basuma is a great shout. And I'm going to move on to my Raspberry Ripple now because he's not my Raspberry He's the vanilla of the world, okay? Um, more pie at 6.5 million and 2% owned. He got 10 goal returns last season in 33 games. But we know Brighton last season hated scoring goals their expected goals were outrageous and he was at the pinnacle of that his expected goals was actually 14 and his expected assists were actually supposed to be four meaning that he would have had 18 goal contributions last season if he had just done his job properly um not bad for a 6.5 million forward with regards to their fixtures tasty i'm not gonna lie those first five they've got burnley watford everton breast uh, Brentford and then Leicester. So aside from Leicester, I think you know I could see Mopai getting a fair few goals in those games potentially at six point five. He's, he's worth a consideration. And now to go on to my bird's eye rating. I missed it for Aston Villa, but they were a six point five, I believe. Uh, but for Brighton, okay. Until the news of Lamptey, Dunk, and White not being around for the first few games, I had actually given them an eight point five. <laughs> but I think it's a huge blow, so I'm going to go for a five out of ten for Brighton. Five out of ten. Um, Robbie, uh, you are up, my friend. I'm, yeah, okay. I'm not sure how I followed that because there is there. You saying you're keeping Basuma in your in your team for the entire season it just baffles me because there's absolutely zero chance that happens that he stays in the team the entire season. But anyway. Um, Burnley. So Burnley weren't the easiest team to follow um, and try and find a standout. But I did manage to get one. Um, it, I was the, it was the mighty New Zealander, Chris Wood. Oh, of course. Um, he got 138 points last season, which is more than the likes of Danny Ings, Lacazette, Richarlison, Mikel Antonio. So... Wow. You, you sort of, you don't think of Chris Wood when you're thinking of your sort of mid-range strikers, but he 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 got more points than a lot of the a lot of the players in his sort of price bracket last season. So he's certainly one to keep an eye on for Burnley. Um, in terms of Raspberry Ripple, again, this was not the easiest um, with Burnley, but I've gone with Matty Lowton. Um, Four point five million. He got 103 points last season. Um, he plays most weeks, which is basically exactly what you want from a 4.5 million defender and he will get the odd clean sheet because Burnley are famously solid defensively. Um, if you were to compare his 103 points to the likes of Fafana, who everyone and their nan seems to have in their team this season, he got 76 points last season. Um, so Matthew Lota scored 30 more than Fafana, so you sort of think about it like that. He could well be worth just having him in, rotating in when he's got the nice fixtures. Speaking of fixtures, Burnley's opening five are not fantastic. Um, there's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, you've got Brighton first week, then Liverpool, then Leeds, then Everton, but then game week five, nice and easy game against Arsenal. 
So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Hence, bird's eye review rating is not the best. I think the only the only one I'd really consider might be Chris Wood, potentially Lowton if they got decent fixtures. So hence, it's a three out of ten for Burnley. It's yeah. not a good one. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You wouldn't call again. I look at I look at teams and I want my teams to be scoring four or five goals a game. Burnley simply don't do yeah. that. They're gonna they're gonna look to eke out results as they have every year to their credit as well, to Sean Dyche's credit. We're going from the boring Burnley to the champions of Europe in Chelsea. Uh, I think they'll be challenging for the title. Lots of people do. And uh, they were great. They were great that second half of the season under Tuchel as fantasy football managers. So many shutouts at the back. And uh, when we look at their standouts this season, I'm going to bring three players to the table. I'm going to bringing Rudiger 5.5 million I think he is uh probably the most reliable way into that Chelsea defense with Aspliqueta starting to get on a bit same with Thiago Silva I think Rudiger is going to be playing a lot of games um and at 5.5 million I just think he's the he's the best option in there you know by 6% at the moment um and in terms of midfield I know Tuchel he's you know he's trying to be uh, pet roulette like um, so it's really difficult to choose a lot of players. Um, but you know that Mason Mount is going to play a lot of games. And at 7.5 million, he's not too expensive. He's not in that too expensive price bracket. Owned by 20%, so pretty popular. And yeah, I can see why uh, he takes set pieces. Um, yeah, Mr. Consistent. Last season, only his first season as a Premier League. A regular throughout, I think he's only going to get better. And then the third standout would be Kai Havertz, also going into his second Premier League season. 8.5 million, again, not your Brunos, your Salas, your Marnes, your De Bruyne's. He's cheaper than that by quite a distance. He's got the potential to score big. Um, will he? Will he not? That's another question. But I think Kai Havertz definitely must be considered as a standout player. When we look at their Rosby Ripples, I'm going to bring two strikers to the table. It's going to be Timo Werner at 9 million, only 6% owned. Jack's going to come on to him a bit more later. He's got a record in the Bundesliga. Will it be only a matter of time till he produces the big stuff? Um, not many expensive forwards out there either. So Timo Werner, we have to, con- we have to consider him because Chelsea... If they start producing chances, he's the striker who's going to be on the end of it. Striker. And the reason why I'm including him is uh, is if he goes elsewhere in the Premier League, I think he's a terrific prospect at his price of 6.5 million. That's Tammy Abraham. Ooh. Loves to score goals. Ooh. Um, and given the opportunity, he does put them away. So I, I'm going to keep elsewhere. Um and maybe he could eke his way into Birdman United's team. Uh, their first five fixtures of Palace, Arsenal, Liverpool, Villa and Spurs. Bit of a mixed bag, but they're a top, top team. So I'll be looking to get a Chelsea player in my team. Probably Mason Mount, but we shall see. I'm giving them the Champions of Europe an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Well, and I went, and I was going to go for a Brighton at eight point five out of ten as well. So. It's just—it really shows how deluded you are. Someone with <laughs> Bissouma as the standout, hey, somehow only, getting five out of standout play. Only one of us guys won a trophy last season, is what I'm going to say. But moving on, 
to Palace. Okay, so Crystal Palace. Um, I've actually gone for the standout of Guaita, um, the, the goalie. I think he's a very, very good goalie that loves a save. Um, and that means saves mean points. We all know that. Even if your clean sheet's wiped out, if you bag three or four big saves, you, you get some points. And he is brilliant for that. But I guess that coupled with two very strong signings in Anderson and I don't know how to pronounce Guaya um, from the championship. I think those two and Tyreek Mitchell's due to be a starting fullback for them this season with Van Arnhout being released on a free, I believe. I think they could be quite an interesting backline. And what's more is Guaita two seasons ago had a, a, a fantastic season. And much like Melier and Emmy Martinez now, he got, he got a price increase as a result. But that Price increase has now dropped back down to the 4.5 million. So I definitely think that Guaita is someone to consider. But I will get onto their fixtures in a second. But before that, you guys want to know the Raspberry Ripple. And it's one of Birdie's favourite players. It's big Christian Benteke. Absolute so, rubbish. So the 6.5 million forward just like Mopai, is only 1.2% owned. 1.2%. And he's been rubbish for a, vet, a while. But the big man hit some form, some real form at the back end of last season with five goals in the last seven games he played. So I would say that he's someone to keep an eye on because if he can take that form into the upcoming season, then for 6.5 million, he's going to get some goals. Um, so there's someone to think about. But with that in mind, fixtures... I have just put the word after my fi- after my notes where it says fixtures. The word is stinky. <laughs> Start with Chelsea, then Brentford, then West Ham, then Liverpool, then Spurs. So Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool and Spurs, four of their starting five games and the other one being a newly promoted Brentford. Uh, I don't like that at all. And I expect them probably to be in the relegation zone after those first five, ten games where they follow up with the likes of Arsenal, Leicester and Man City. But Guaita is going to get a crap ton of saves in those 10 games. So you might be someone to consider if you're going for a rotation. But with all of that being in mind, I would have probably given them a 6 out of 10 if the fixtures were kinder. As it is, 3 out of, uh, three out of 10. And oh. avoid for the first Oof. few weeks. Robbie? Oof, that's, that's, I, th- I also agree, I think, with... Vieira coming in as well. You never know with a new manager, and it's a tough start. So I, I, I sort of, I definitely agree with you there, Jack. It's going to be tough for Crystal Palace. Um, right. So I'm Everton next. Um, You're standouts. Everton. I'm Everton. <laughs> um, <laughs> my standouts for Everton are Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Luca Dean. I got two here because I like the look of them both. Calvert-Lewin did certainly tail off towards the second half of last season. But you'd think after the Euros, he's got a point to prove because he didn't play much. He's going to really um, want to sort of kick on starting this season really well. And I think he's certainly one to be considering. 8.0 is not a bad price for him either. Um, the way Benitez likes to play, I think he'll he'll rely on a two-strike formation getting crosses into the box, and that is DCL's bread and butter. The man providing those crosses will be probably a certain Mr. Luca Dean. Um, If you've been keeping up with the news recently, you would have heard some information about a certain 31-year-old Everton midfielder 
Um, not playing for the team anymore. Uh, I'm making sure I don't name him for um, you know, confidentiality and all that. Allegedly, a 31-year-old midfielder has been in the news for some bad reasons. So you think this could actually benefit Luca Dean because he'll probably be on free kicks, corners, whipping in the ball for DCL to just nod it in home. Although you could, this does also depend on whether or not Hamas Rodriguez stays because he, he'll probably be fighting for those free kicks and corners too. Um, my Raspberry Ripple. Um, I've gone for two for the Raspberry Ripple as well. Richarlison, I think 7.5. He's, again, could be beneficiary of the 31-year-old Everton midfielder not playing because he could be on penalties. Um, as I remember last season, he tried headbutting someone because he wasn't allowed to take the penalty. Mm. So he's probably one of the ones fighting for that um, free slot to take them. Again, it could be him, it could be Dean, it could be James Rodriguez, it could be Calvert-Lewin. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, he is away at the Olympics, so I'd certainly avoid him for the first week or two because I don't think he's going to play. That is a point that I forgot to mention with Luca Dean as well because um, he's recovering from an injury. So we don't know if he'll be back for this first game week. So it'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, my second Raspberry Ripple is Seamus Coleman. Back in the day, he was a fantastic Everton asset. And I think Benitez will probably... Um, like to, he likes to focus on his defence, Rafa Benitez. So I think Everton will certainly be a bit stronger defensively and keep a few more clean sheets. And Seamus Coleman will be will probably be the first choice right back. And he he does love to get the odd assist, the odd goal from right back, as long as he's fit and fighting. Um, Everton's fixtures are very nice to start the season as well. Um, Southampton, Leeds, Brighton, Burnley, Villa. I think that there's definitely some points to be earned there from Everton assets. So you've got to be looking at them if you if you don't have them in your team already. I've given them a bird's eye view rating of an 8 out of 10, mainly to do with the fixtures. And I think there's some good value for money, but it's, it's only in the select assets. I think the rest of the team I'd probably avoid for now. Yeah, I think uh, they're very exciting defensively for us. Yeah. I wouldn't really look at them going forward, but Rafa's going to have them organised. And, uh, yeah, with those fixtures, I'm definitely looking at the likes of your standout player. Very sensible standout from you, Robbie, there, unlike some of us on this show. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, do you know what? I've been given all of the entertaining teams. It seems only right, doesn't it? Because now I'm at Brentford, Chelsea. Now I've got Leeds. Leeds United, one of the standout teams last season. They scored more goals than Chelsea last season. They scored more goals than the Champions of Europe in their first season. Crazy. See them kicking on. It won't be a Sheffield United second season syndrome. I think they're going to kick on. And there's a few standouts in that team. One that everyone everyone seems to think he's the next Ronaldinho, and that is Rafinha. Um, 6.5 million, 23% owned. Well, I feel that was quite low going of, of the discussion on the on social media, on the Twitter, is that he's, he should be around the 80% mark, the way everyone's <laughs> raving over him. And yet people don't realise that he was uh, outscored by Jack Harrison last season. Um, and so uh, Jack Harrison's cheaper. He's only 6 million. And um, he's only owned by 5%. So personally, out of the two, I'd be looking at Jack Harrison. He scored at the opening dead of season last year against Liverpool. I think he might have got, got a brace in that match, actually. And um, and then the other standout player from their leader season last year was uh, Patrick Bamford. Um, 
eight million this year. He was one of those you had to must own, must own last season. Um, at eight million, I don't think he is a must own uh, because that's a lot of money. And Bielsa's got a few more options available to him, so I think he might be rotating around a little bit more. But still, if he kicks on, got a few hat tricks last year. I think Bamford, you have to consider him. You have to consider him, and then. Looking at our Raspberry Ripple potential players, I've got. I'm going to give you two players. I'm going to give you their new signing, uh, Furpo, who's come to replace Alioski on the at left back. Alioski um, was bombing forward down the left for Leeds last year, and that is exactly what Junior Furpo from Barcelona likes to do. He's at five million, and we love our attacking wing backs on fantasy football. Only owned by one percent. And they were pretty sturdy at the back as well, Leeds, last season towards the end. So definitely one to consider. And uh, then the other, Rasby Ripple, who I am extremely excited about. Second season in the Prem, it's Rodrigo, a Spanish Ooh. international mm. striker. He started kicking on towards the end. He's at 6.5 million, which is that lower bracket. Mm. And if he starts, starts getting more minutes, which I think he will, um, then he he's the kind of player that can get you double-digit hauls consistently, which are gold dust. Gold dust for us, because, you know, if, if if a player's getting 10, 11 points, you know, if your whole team did, you'd be in the hundreds of points, unlike if you owned the likes of Basu <laughs> in the 20s. So that's the type of players we like to aim for, well, myself and Robbie like to aim for in fantasy. Yeah. Um, only one their... of us has got a trophy, boys. Just remember that. Carry on, Bert. Due to their fantastic first season, I think they're going to kick on. And that's to say with their fantasy football as- aspects, 8 out of 10 for Leeds Big. United. 8 out of 10. Wait, what did, you, what did you give Chelsea? I gave them an 8 as well. Ooh, okay. And I think that's because the reason why that is, Leeds, their team is more consistent. Bielsa is very consistent with his team selections. Only mm. the last couple of Tuchel roulette. You can't trust it as much, but they're a very strong team. So that's my Chelsea are more expensive as well, aren't they? So yeah. I think that comes into play. The value of the Leeds players, I think, is valued for money wise. Is... Mm. Fair yeah, enough. Fair enough. No, no, no. I like it. I like it. And let's see what they've got. Uh, they were fantastic to watch last season. So I'm on to Leicester, another team that were fantastic to watch last season. Um, I, I found them quite interesting to research. Uh, I think the forward options, I'm still not sure what's going to happen, how they're going to manage Vardy this season. Ian Nacho, uh, I'm not sure. Did he drop off a tiniest bit at the end? Was it a bit of a purple patch and they've just signed Daka? So I'm actually going to say advise potentially maybe staying away um, from the more forward lines. And I'm actually going to say a standout is 4.5 million, 25% owned. Uh, Wesley Fofana, what a first season he had for Leicester. Um, I think a lot of big, big, when I say big clubs, I know Leicester is a fantastic team that have won the Premier League and FA Cup, but I could see him getting a move to the likes of Man United, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, or even abroad to someone like Juve or PSG. I think he is that good. Um, so this next season is going to be a huge season for him. Um, I think he will really step up and take charge of that lesser defence, which I believe might be a back five with uh, Johnny Evans there and Soyuncu as well. And I believe they're linked with Quebec. Uh, and then they've got the returning Ricardo Pereira coming back at fullback. So I think at that back, Leicester are going to be fantastic. And at 4.5 million, 
arguably their best centre back, uh, Wesley Fofana. If you want a lesser defender, look no further than him, in my opinion. Uh, but going on to my Raspberry Ripple um, is Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes, seven million, seven point four percent selected. I think this guy is absolutely class, if I'm honest. I think he would look to shoe in for the Euros before his injury, um, which was gutting not just for him, but also for Leicester in the top four race. Because prior to his injury, um, he had actually, in his twelve final 12 games of the season, he had nine returns. And he had 13 returns in 25 games over the course of the season. So he gets returns in at 7 million He's definitely an interesting option. I would um, hold just a tiny bit just to make sure he kind of gets back up to speed, has his confidence, kind of gets his first touch and is finishing back. But he's someone that is definitely firmly on my watch list. Unlike Basuma, who's a stand-in already in my team, you know. Um, with regards to fixtures, Leicester have got uh, Wolves, West Ham, Norwich, Man City and Brighton. So Man City is the only one of those so-called big six in those first five games. So I do expect Leicester to start strong. Um, so if you did want to get ahead of the curve, then maybe a Harvey Barnes uh, could be a good option, whereas Wesley Fofana, a nearly 25% owned, needs to be seriously considered. So with regards to a rating, um, it's hard to say with Leicester, but I'm actually going to say they've got a good wealth of talent at really good prices, particularly in Wesley Fofana at 4.5 million. Therefore, I'm going to give them a 7 out of 10. So that's Leicester. That's Robert, Leicester. Back up. I'm back up. I've given you one half of Merseyside. I'm about to give you the other. It's Liverpool. Um, standouts, I think. There's an awful lot of assets that you're going to want, to want in your team from Liverpool. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson, um, it's seven and seven point five million respectively. Got both got one hundred, got one hundred sixty and one hundred sixty one points last season. Both chipping in with seven assists. Big difference this year is that Touchwood, if Van Dijk is back for the whole season, you like to think that they'll be able to really unleash themselves more as an attacking force. They were a little bit subdued last season. You sort of see them starting from deeper positions and trying to cross the ball in from deeper positions rather than getting down the byline and putting it in a low cross for Mane and Salah. I think you were probably going to see a bit more of that this season. So I expect those figures to rise. So I think either of the Liverpool fullbacks are certainly worth having in your team. And of course, Mohamed Salah. Um, 231 points last season, just missed out on the golden boot. He's always one of the sort of top three, four players if not the best, he has to be in your team at the start of the season and he probably has to stay there for the rest of the season as well. Um, in terms of Raspberry Ripple for Liverpool, I've gone with Joel Matip. Um, it looks like Liverpool are going to be starting at least with Matip and Canate as the two cent the centre-back pairing to start the season because Van Dijk and Gomez aren't fully fit. Um, and the rumours from sort of sources within the club are saying it's going to be Matip and Canate to start the season. So at 5 million, he's a way, he's a way into that Liverpool defence. He's very low own ownership, 0.4%. Um, only issue is he is made of Weetabix. So if you're hoping for him to be in your team long term, it's not going to happen. And obviously Van Dijk and Gomez will be coming back at some point. 
Sadio Mane is at a low ownership, 3.2%. He is quite expensive, so it will probably mean going without Salah or your Bruno or KDB, but it's whether or not he wants to take that risk. He had a bad season by his own accounts last season, but still got 11 goals and 8 assists, 176 points. He's now had a good rest and will hopefully be a bit sharper this season. Um, Liverpool's fixtures... Um, opening five games, they've got Norwich, Burnley, Chelsea, Leeds and Palace. So Chelsea and Leeds will be fairly tough games, but you'd certainly think that um, three out of those five should be nice, comfortable wins. Um, in terms of a bird's eye view rating, I've given Liverpool a nine out of ten. They don't Woo! get a ten out of ten Whoa. because of the prices of the players. I think they are expensive. You can't, but in terms of if you, if you want three Liverpool assets in your team, you're going to be spending an awful lot of money. Um, hence why it's not quite a 10 out of 10, but I think the, the one you've got to have two at least two in your team and they'll be worth the value if you do have them in. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it hurts me to... That they've, they've proven the last few years, last three years, that Liverpool assets will take you far, will take you very far. On to the champions of England. God, I'm getting all of the good teams. Isn't that a surprise? <laughs> Isn't that a surprise? Manchester City, uh, champions. Again, another team that deliver year in, year out for us on FPL. Not without its cautions. Obviously, Pep Roulette has become famous on fantasy football realms. Uh, their standout players, uh, Ruben Diaz last season. Um, superb at the back. Um, getting clean sheet after clean sheet. One of the mainstays, one of the only mainstays that survived Pep Roulette. He's at six million, so a little bit more expensive, but easier, nice, easier set and forget. He's going to get you points. You know, if he's going to get around six points, if every player got you six points in your team, it's going to be around a 60 point mark plus, which is what we want to be aiming for, unlike our Basumas of the world. Um, getting us low scores. Um, so for a standout player, that's really, really nice. Kevin De Bruyne, 12 million. Um, he just loves to provide assists and score goals, set pieces as well. Will he be on penalties? That Kevin De Bruyne, he just scores points every year. Very dependable indeed. Just got to worry. I worry about his fitness. How many games is he going to actually play this season? But the good thing is about the big players, if they get injured, you've got a lot of money to play with to uh, to replace them, which is what I do like. That last ripple. Um, I'm going to go for two forwards that are in the midfield category, and that's Ferran Torres, seven million, his first season of Prem last year, but he was um, started kicking on towards the end. He's got the potential to score a lot of goals in single games. So again. In terms of double-figure hall potential, Ferran Torres is up there, that's for sure. And then Mari. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I thought you liked that one, Jack. And then, <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, Mares has been one of the best players the Premier League has seen over the last five years. And um, nine million, so he's not double. He's only owned by 4%. And he was superb. He was, I think he was one of Man City's best players last season as they went to another title. Uh, obviously, Pep Roulette, you have to. You're taking a gamble, but high risk, high reward because Mares loves to score goals, loves to score points. Their their fixtures. I mean, it's Man City. They're the champions, so I'm not going to focus too much on them. 
They have Norwich at home, though, second game of the season. So maybe suss them out first game Ooh. and get your assets in for Norwich at home. If Kane joins, I'm giving them a 9.95 out of 10. What? <laughs> <laughs> because if Kane joins, they yeah, have to have him in. If Kane doesn't join, he's an 8 out of 10 due to Pep Roulette, which we <laughs> hate. Uh, man. And certainly, Ferran Torres, as you both know, is uh, someone that I'm very passionate about. Uh, he he did absolute wonderful things to me last season, particularly when he scored a hat-trick that sent me on the way to my only trophy won by the bird like you last season. But Man United now, Man United I've been given. Um, standouts is pretty straightforward, Bruno. Um, I'm not going to go into too much. 37 games on pens, which FPL Towers love him. He'll be given assist even if he doesn't touch the ball. <laughs> Still waiting for you to take away that assist. No, okay. I'm waiting. And then the other one is Luke Shaw. So I'm going to give you two standouts. He had a brilliant summer at the Euros of England. He had a solid season. I think with a bit more clinical finishing, he could have had a few more assists. And with the addition of Varane, that United defence is looking solid. Both Bruno are very highly owned. I believe it's 45% owned Shaw, 40% owned Bruno. Guys, just get him in your team. Because if one of them does well, if United get a clean sheet, Luke Shaw gets a late pen and you don't have them, it's going to destroy your rank. Try and make ground on your rivals elsewhere. Bruno and Shaw need to be nailed in your game week one squad. But with a dark horse, I've mentioned Ferran Torres, but another guy that was just wonderful for me on my way to my first trophy and the only trophy won by the bird's eye view last season was Mason Greenwood. I am a huge fan of his. I think he is genuinely a very, very talented player. Um, and I guess we just who he's up against. He's up against yeah. Sancho, who's new and hasn't yet started training. And the season's, what, two weeks away. Martial's out of form. And Rashford might be having surgery. Therefore, Greenwood is surely nailed for the first few games of the season. And in his last um, eight games of the season, he got seven goal returns with six goals and one assist. So with all those wonderful stats, starting in arguably one of the favourites for the season, you would think, oh, he must be very highly owned. 3.4% owned. Am I going to... Let's just listen to that, listeners. That is shock silence that you didn't hear from the other two. Um, and 7.5 million, I think he is a wonderful option. He is a winger that is a finisher. He's not a winger that's a provider. He's a winger finisher, and we love that. So for me, Greenwood is a huge, huge asset. So make ground on your rivals. I can guarantee these two have heard me give you all of the stats now transferring them in as we speak which is probably why there was some silence and United's fixtures um, you'd say that United potentially might be one of the fall into classic category of fixture proof but fortunately they actually have for them Leeds, Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle, West Ham they are going to be scoring in every one of those games and Greenwood is going to be starting in presumably a fair few of those games has surgery so therefore i've got a question yeah i've got a question about greenwood i just think there's so many options for united especially with sancho coming in yeah yeah 
I think. Depends partly on, let's keep an eye on Rashford with the surgery. I definitely don't think Sancho is going to be starting at least the first two games of the season. I don't know if Martial has even kicked a ball yet this summer. Um, and he's very much out of favour. I'd expect to see both Greenwood and Cavani starting the first at least three to four games. And then you should get a much clearer picture of what the land is going to look like for the season. My, my answer back to you there, Birdman. And given the money that Man United have spent, I think if they aren't in the title race going into May, then Ollie should be sacked. Um, is one of my big shouts. Um, Bird scale view options everywhere you look, left, right, centre. You can pretty much pick any of their starting 11s, starting 14, 15, and you're probably going to get good points. So, therefore, I'm giving them a 10 out of 10. Ooh, oh. Big. Robbo, you are up, my friend. Oh, I've got to follow that with the wonderful, most flowing attacking football in the league in Newcastle United. Oh, Come on, the boys. Um, right, standouts. This was probably the trickiest one to find standout, but I managed to get one. It's Callum Wilson. I feel like this is quite obvious. Um, 130 season. He's by far and away Newcastle's best player, I think, personally. Um on his day, he's a fantastic striker. Unfortunately, he is made of Weetabix, as we like to say. He gets injured every two weeks. But when he does play, he does score some points. So it's whether or not you want to take a gamble on his fitness and put him into your team, hoping that he, he'll be able to last and maybe bag a goal. So he'll be on penalties. Um, and for the for sort of the price range you get, he's certainly worth considering. Um, the Raspberry Ripple for Newcastle is Ryan Fraser. We didn't see very much of him last season. Um, I'm not sure why. I can't remember if he was injured or not. Um, but he only got 39 points. Um, if we can get a, a fit Ryan Fraser back in the team, linking up with Callum Wilson in the same way that he did in his penultimate season at Bournemouth, those two will be fantastic fantasy football assets. Um, so I think also in his price range, you have, there's not loads of options in that 5.5 million um, midfield slot. Um, as Jack mentioned earlier, you've got Emil Smith-Rowe, Stuart Dallas. And then around that sort of price, there's not really anyone that stands out to me. Um, so I think he's, he's probably worth the risk at 5.5 million person, um, potentially if you want to go for something a little bit different. Um, Newcastle's fixtures... West Ham, Villa, Southampton, Man United, Leeds to start off the season, which isn't the worst, but isn't the best because you'd expect Man United to beat them. You'd arguably expect Leeds and Villa to certainly be pretty tricky games. But Callum Wilson loves a goal against West Ham. He absolutely loves a goal against West Ham. And first game of the season, first game with the fans back, do you take that gamble? It's up to you. It's up to you. Um Bird's eye view rating, I've given them a 4 out of 10 because I think, realistically, there's not many options from Newcastle at all. The fixtures aren't terrible, which raised it up a little bit. But, yeah, I, I, I certainly wouldn't fill my, te- my, players, my um, team with Newcastle players. Let's put it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be going near and many others other than Callum Wilson, Newcastle-wise. Um, I'm going to go on to probably my least exciting team and that is Southampton um, just watched them watched them a couple nights ago at the Cardiff City Stadium um, when they went uh, 4-0 winners against a second string Cardiff team and even with that win <laughs> uh, 
I will not be going near Southampton last night. So their standout players, two come to mind. That's Danny Ings. Um, I was actually watching him closely because I um, I said uh, I said that here I'd be stunned if I saw him sprint at all during a preseason friendly, and I can confirm he did not perform one. Um, in fear of his Weetabix body breaking down. Um, so, look, he's going to get you goals when he's in your team, but how long is he going to be in your team for? Uh, it won't be long. £8 million wouldn't go near him, personally. Uh, and then the other one, Ward Prowse, who's uh, the set-piece specialist, £6.5 million. Again, I want my players to be scoring for not just set-pieces, but from all parts of the pitch. So, we'll not be going near him either so the standout's not looking really good very good for Southampton um if you want a bit of Raspberry Ripple Che Adams did score two well-taken goals on Tuesday his second season maybe he's the one to keep an eye on eye on Che Adams looking sharp seven million pounds I'd rather spend my money on Ivan Tony personally um who's 0.5 cheaper and then Salisu at the back um, 4.5 million looks a little bit of a prospect. 1% of players. Um, <sighs> but Southampton, only West Brom conceded more goals than them last season. So you have been warned. Do <laughs> not go near defenders for Southampton. As a result, giving them a 2 out of 10. Oh. Oh. I wonder if that would have been a 1.5 out of 10 before the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have it would have been Jack, but uh Che Adams, that double goal just, just gave a little spark. There we go. Well, you have I would say raised the bar, but I believe that's lowered the bar with a two out of ten. I think I can lower it further. Norwich. <laughs> oh, okay. So standouts uh Pookie. Uh, maybe if you're nostalgic, that is, and you like seeing Pookie in your team from a couple of years ago, uh, I wouldn't pick him. Um, the dark horse is Rashika, uh, 0.5, no, 0.4, and 5.5 million um, during his time in the Bundesliga. He had 38 goal contributions in 87 games. Yeah, well done. Uh, <laughs> the fixtures, absolutely horrendous. Uh, they start with in their first four games, they have Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, and then Arsenal. So, um, if you have a Norwich player in your starting lineup or in your squad, I question you. Birds eye, birds eye rating, I mean, and Robbie, right? <laughs> um, don't worry, lads, we do have some slightly better ratings than one out of two, uh, one out of ten, two out of ten next. Because we have Tottenham Hotspur. Um, the standouts, I think, are pretty obvious. Um, combined 470 points between them last season, which I reaped the rewards of for most of the first half of it, at least. Still didn't. Um, I still didn't win a trophy, Jack. Thank you for that. Again. Um, <laughs> Imagine my surprise. Yeah. Um, although I have won the trophy that you're bragging on about twice, but we'll, we'll leave that. Um, Harry Kane, 242 points, 23 goals, 14 assists. Youngman Son, uh, 17 goals, 10 assists. They're two fantastic value fantasy football assets, even if they're 12.5 million and 10 million, respectively. It'll be very, 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 very interesting to see what happens with Harry Kane. I personally think he's going to stay. 
I think Levy's so much of a rat bag. He's not going to let him go. He's going to say, you've got three years on your contract. There's no release clause. You're staying, son. Um, so I don't think he'll leave, personally. Um, in terms of the Raspberry Ripple, I've gone with a young Deli Alley. Um, I think Deli Alley, you Ooh. laugh, Mr. Bird. You laugh. You laugh, Big. you laugh, you laugh. 6.5 million, I think. If you're looking at Delhi Alley from 2015 to 2018, 6.5 million will be one of the biggest steals in a fantasy football history. It's just whether or not he repeats that sort of form. Um, he's not got on with the last couple of managers. Well, last I say last couple. He hasn't got. He didn't get on with Jose Mourinho at all. He's um, Nuno seems to be playing a 4-2-3-1 in pre-season with Delhi Alley playing in behind the striker. when he was at his best in those earlier seasons that I just mentioned where he got 225 points in one of the seasons scoring 18 goals 6.5 million absolutely yes for me but it's whether or not he does start in that position because he is competing with Ndombele um, Le Celso so it's it's just whether or not he definitely starts so I, I'd avoid him for the first week especially because it's Man City but if he starts, you've got to be looking at getting him in for the second or third game of the season when they're playing Wolves, Watford, Palace. If he's starting and firing, I think he's certainly a very, very good fantasy asset. Um, Birds eye view rating. I've given them two separate ratings. Seven out of ten if Harry Kane stays. Five out of ten if he goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. And also, it does depend on who they replace him with. Um, but yeah, and, and because Nuno has been sort of famous for not the most attacking football, but again, we, it's, it's all it's all up in the air. You're going to have to wait to see on that one. Yeah, interesting season ahead for Spurs. Obviously, they've got they had a few years of real, real strong football for under Pochettino, and now, now I really, it really is a defining moment for them and their new manager. He's just left the next team we're going to analyse, which is Wolverhampton Wanderers. And uh, new manager Bruno Lager likes to play four at the back, change from the five at the back. So, bit don't know what to expect from Wolves, and that's why I'm not sure about their fancy. Their standout players, I think it's it's going to be Prince Raúl Raúl Jiménez. 7.5 million. Hopefully, he will be back to his best after that horror injury last year. Uh, he's the standout player just because I don't think there's that much going for them, in all honesty. Neto and Potence are injured for the start of the season, so there's really not much more going forward other than Adama Traore, who just runs. He's a good runner, um, not exactly a footballer. Um, so, Jimenez is a standout player. Personally, wouldn't think there are better options elsewhere. Um, when we look at the Rosby Ripple, a lot of chat about the fullback slash left winger, who's Eight Nuri, who's uh, a defender on FPL, 4.5 million. Lots of discussion about him. It's not set to whether he's going to be playing in that left wingback role. But I will say Luna Lager um, under Benfica had real attacking fullbacks. Mm, um, so... I think that uh, he is definitely one to watch out for there. That style of that style of football, 
And then the other Raspberry Ripple is Fabio Silva, the youngster with a large price tag. Didn't really hit it last season. He's only six million. And if he kicks on, he's someone to consider. This is the thing with a new manager like Bruno Lager. He might hit the ground on absolute fire, in which case we've got to have a look at uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Their fixtures, their first three are Leicester Spurs United, and after that they have Watford and Brentford. So I personally wouldn't have any get on first three games and then judge them from there. So as a result, I'm giving them a four out of ten. Four out of ten. Okie doke. Right, finishing up my one then. Before I get going, I just want to list off some names. So I'm doing West Ham. I'm going to list off some West Ham names for you guys. Ready? Mm-hmm. Fabianski, 133. Cresswell, 153. Kufa, 128. Ogbonna, 75. Masuaku, 42. Diop, 42. Suchek, 147. Uh, Fornals, 125. Rice, 86. Benrahma, 73. Um, and I'll leave off Antonio and Bowen. What do all of them have in common? I don't know. They're all cheaper and all got way more points than Deli Ali's 30 points last season. <laughs> but now moving on to West Ham. So uh, the standout is pretty straightforward in my eyes is Antonio. I think he's a pick, although he's actually only at 12% owned. But on social media, he seems to be in nearly every draft. Um, he got 15 goal contributions last season in 26 games. Um, I think it's his second season in a row, in a row of double-figure goals. He looks like he's probably going to be on pens, although that's with no link. Noble doesn't really play. I'd like to think it'll be Antonio. We all know, the same as Danny Ings, um, he's he's made a Weetabix. Um, because usually when he plays, he does well. He also got a couple goals in West Ham's friendly against Celtic. So Antonio, I don't think, looked too much further than him. I think he's a fantastic standout. With regards to Dark Horses, um, the one I came up with for now is at 6 million, 0.5% owned, more points than Deli Ali. Uh, owned, but uh, he's, yeah, he's taking up the midfield position, I'm presuming, this season. I think he should be starting there, especially without Lingard. There's going to be a lot of emphasis on Fornals in creating, and he's a very talented player. Um, he ended the season, final game of the season, with two goals and an assist, so keep an eye on him because he can carry over that kind of form into the new season with a energised West Ham that have also got Europe to be focusing on and hopefully motivating them with. I think Fornals could be a wonderful option. Their fixtures are pretty, pretty. I don't know, what would you say? Newcastle, good. Leicester, bad. Palace, good. Southampton, good. United, bad. Bad. So a bit of a mixed bag there. And so I was going to give them, I would give them a bird rating of 5.5. And Tenia boost them up one. So I'm going to give West Ham a 6.5. Robbie, finish us off, mate. Oh, don't worry. We have Watford last as the Yay. final team. Well, hey, um, right. I've I've been I really have been stuck with some difficult teams to choose some standout players for. But I managed <laughs> to get one. I did manage to get one from Watford. It was um, I think it's quite an obvious one. Ismail Assar. Um, he had a very sort of solid season in the, in his first season in the Premier League when Watford. Um, did get relegated, but he he was their sort of standout player. He did quite well in the championship last season. Six million, I think, is a fair price for him as well. 
Um, sort of, I think he's, he's a, he is a good player. As unfortunately, as Liverpool fans, we know too well, Jack and I, as he ended on our unbeaten run that season. Um, I, I don't expect many goals from Watford. That's the big issue, though. They didn't score very many in the Championship. Um, they seem to win 1-0 every so often with Deeney scoring a penalty, and that was about it. Um, and they've got so they've got nine strikers in fantasy football this season, which is I think is a record for the most amount of strikers ever seen. So we have no idea who's going to play up front for them. So I'd completely avoid any attackers. The only one I might cons- the only sort of Watford midfielder or attacker I'd consider would be Ismail Assar. Um, again with the defenders, you've got lots of 4.5 million options for Watford, but I have it's it's very tricky to know who's actually going to start and who isn't. Um, as we revealed in our um, preview, Watford fans couldn't decide on it between them. There was a lot of argument in our in our replies <laughs> on who's going to be playing and who's not. So it, it sort of tells you the Watford fans themselves are struggling to sort of decide on what the strongest team is. Um, so my my Raspberry Ripple, I've gone with a player who I think is probably going to start. Unless he's sold, because there's rumours he might be sold soon. But I've gone with Backman, who's the goalkeeper. Um, he cemented his team late in the season last year. Um, only played 23 games. But in those 23 games, he kept 13 clean sheets and only conceded 13 goals. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not Watford can replicate that good defensive form. I think Watford, I think I'm right in saying Watford only conceded about 30 goals in the championship last season, which is one of the best defensive records that the championship's actually ever seen, given that they played four to six games. Um, so you could, you could argue that that is good indication coming into the Premier League this season. The fixtures aren't terrible either. Um, opening five fixtures, Villa, Brighton, Tottenham, Wolves, Norwich, the first five. So you'd like to think they can pick up some clean sheets there, pick up some wins. Um, you'll get a better indication of Watford from those five games because um, there could be some value in these picks if they're going to be playing every week, but we just don't know at this point. Um, seeing as there's so many 4.5 million defenders in this team and midfielders and strikers and goalkeepers, I've given and they got decent fixtures. I've given Watford a 4.5 out of 10 on the bird's eye view rating. Lovely, Ooh, okay, lovely, jubbly idea. I think uh, the fact that the Wolves, the lot of the Wolves, the Watford lot on Twitter don't know their own team, it, yeah, um, <laughs> it says a lot really about that, that football club over the last years, chopping and changing mind. You know, they they really and as a and as a fan base they need to sort themselves out as well really anyway uh, <laughs> that's our wonderful bird's eye view season review and now that is we go to our usual format where one of our most highly uh, highly respected segments comes next. Here we go then. It's the Bird's Eye View FBL 21-22 season's first instalment of our Stat of the Week. Come on! Yeah. And it can, only one person can really start this off and it's our expecting spreadsheet fanatic who's not very good at actual fantasy football but <laughs> tries really hard. It's Jack Reed. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, before I start my 
my new season of stats, I just want to ask you guys, what do I and the postman have in common? Don't know, Jack. <laughs> I always deliver the goods. No way. <laughs> so, with that in mind then, gentlemen, let me give you an interesting one. Timo Werner, last season, had 15 one five goals ruled out for either offside or VAR. And despite that, he still managed to, to get a very strong 18 goal returns with 12 assists and six goals. That six goals very much holding him back. And so I guess my question to you guys is, if he starts converting even half of those offside, do we now all of a sudden at 9 million and hardly any percentage owned, I can't remember the exact number, do we now have fantasy football gold and a potential Premier League top scorer on our hands? Uh, I think uh, potentially, yes. I think he's extremely exciting given that he's playing for as upfront on his own at this moment in time for one of the best teams in the world, uh, let alone in the league. However, as exciting as it is, it's going to be extremely frustrating. There's a reason why he had so many disallowed goals last season. That's because he just keeps from standing in offside positions. And so if, it, if that doesn't change, then that figure there isn't going to be a lot different. I do think he's going to get more than six goals. I think he will probably hit double figures. Remember, he's not on penalties. Jorginho on penalties holds him back a little bit. Um but look, uh, owning Timo Werner last season was one of the most frustrating times in my 13 seasons as a fantasy football manager. But as you say, like the stats don't lie. Um, he does have the potential to be a golden boot winner and potentially a fantasy football top scorer for sure. I don't know what you think about that, Robbie. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason there was so much hype around him when he joined Chelsea. There's a reason he scored 28 goals in 34 games in his last season in the Bundesliga. That sort of talent just doesn't disappear overnight. Um, you think he's had this one season to settle into the Premier League, get used to things. He should have a decent bit of a break seeing as England knocked out Germany in the Euros nice and early. So it will come back fresh with a point to prove this season as well because Tuchel is not going to just say, right, you're going to start every week regardless. He will be rotated if he doesn't perform. So he, if he gets a bit of confidence, scores a few goals early on in the season, I think he can really, really take off. So I think at 9 million, you're looking at... A, he's got massive potential in fantasy football. It's just whether or not he finds his shooting boots. Yeah, but I mean, I started off Jack. Thank you, bro. And... and um... <laughs> Uh, you, you can have that title. <laughs> that title. It's not the most complimentary, but you can have it. Um, um, we're going to finish off the show by um, going for our predictions for the fantasy football season. So we'll cut, revisit them during and after the season. Our top scorer, our flop and our surprise of the season. So top point scorer, Jack, who do you reckon? I am going to go for the man that's got top point score nearly every year since joining the league. Um, vanilla. <laughs> and yours won't be vanilla. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Mohamed Salah. 
that's me. Wow. Robbie? I No, I'm not going to change my mind. Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. I was going to change my mind. Kevin De Bruyne. Do you know what? I don't, what think think it, I don't think it will be De Bruyne because I don't think he's going to stay fit for long enough. Um, so as uh, as I'm not someone who who enjoys the vanilla-ness of fantasy football, I think the top point scorer is going to be Timu Pukic. Nah, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be going that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go very vanilla. Top scorer, top assister last season. Uh, I think he's going to go to Manchester City. So for that reason, I'm going to go for Harry Kane. When you um, said Timu, I thought you were about to say Timo Werner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look. More mysterious things have happened than that. Anyway, Jack, <laughs> your flop, fancy football flop of the season, please. Oh, it's a, I'm going to go after such an amazing, almost historic season last year and at quite high, at a very expensive price. My flop of the season is Emmy Martinez. I think he's going to get nowhere near his points total. And I think given his high ownership and high price, he is going to be very poorly owned by the end of the season. My flop, Emmy Martinez. Interesting. Uh, it's, Robbie. It's quite, it's quite a tricky one, this one. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a flop because he did so well last season. But I'm going to go with Ilkay Gundogan. I don't think he's going to any, get anywhere near the amount of points he got last season. So I think we can consider that a bit of a flop. And I think he'll probably, he probably won't score as many as some of the other 7.5. Yeah. Uh, extremely well to repeat last harsh move, Robbie. To be... mm. Because... Uh, I tell you, I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll change it. Oh, stick say... to guns, Robbie! Don't oh. let Birdie influence you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking because 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 he's because he's seven point five. You sort of want someone who's a bit more of a premium price to say that they're going to actually be a flop, don't you? So I'm going to go with Jamie Vardy. Yeah, he's a lot of money. Um, so my flop is going to be someone who I think is not really going to play much this season despite his 8 million price tag and that is uh, Christian Pulisic I don't think Tuchel rates him and I don't think he I think he's going to this will be his last season in the Premier League there you go and now on to yeah now on to our surprise of the season we had Lundstrom two years ago we had Dallas last year who's it going to be this year Jack I'm actually not an out-of-position player. I'm going to go for a premium player who is not being very wholly, uh, highly owned. And that is Sadio Mane at 12 million and with hardly any ownership. Um, he, by his own admission, as I believe Robbie's touched on, said he didn't have a good season last year. He looked burnt out. He's having a proper break. He's having a proper preseason. Two friendlies so far, a goal in each friendly. I think Sadio Mane is going to get 20 goals this season. Therefore, that's my big. surprise of the season. Robbie? That's a big old claim, Jack. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> my surprise of the season is going to be Ilan Melier. I think he's going to be the top scoring goalkeeper this season. I think the Leeds have improved defensively, but at the same time, he makes enough saves to get the bonus points. 
I think he will be the top scoring goalkeeper in the league this season. And big shout to go with it. I think Leeds finish in the top six. Whoa. Wow. 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 Mr. Vanilla no more. Uh, I've got, right, so second place in my surprise of the season is going to be Pepe. I think uh, 7.5 million. Jack, his standout player for Arsenal, I think this could be the year when he really shows, shows his class. Um, but number one is, I'm going to stay on Leeds as well. Uh, it's Rodrigo, 6.5 million as a striker. I think he's going to play more. And I think he's going to score more. He's going to get 17 goals this season, Rodrigo. Well, as yeah, yeah, as Leeds get into the top two, no, no, that's just joking. <laughs> joking again. They'll get eighth place. They'll get eighth place. But um, uh, yeah, so those are our predictions for the season. Thank you very much for joining us. Whether you're a first-time listener or you're one of our stalwarts at the Bird's Eye View, next time we're going to be bringing new considerations for the start of the season so the impact of the euros the start of the season last year which saw so many goals and the risk versus vanilla you know what's the uh, what's the best method at the start of the season um is it high risk high reward or is it just simply not worth it also as well as that we're going to be asking posting your questions we'll be answering them and it's some exciting news new this season as it's going to be our first full season, we're going to have a bird's eye view fantasy football league in which every single week we're going to be analysing uh, a team, a random team each week from our league and tearing them apart or giving them <laughs> a glowing review that they deserve. So that can't, it just can't be missed, can it, boys? It cannot be missed. Uh, and I, I, for one, will be there. Um, and uh, I just, I'm so happy, so happy the season's back. And um, really, just looking forward to getting back into it, getting into another one percent finish, um, another strong performance, beating these two lads. And I, for one, can't wait, fellas. It's been a pleasure, and we will see you next time on the Bird's Eye View.